0: Back to the Ramble Room. I am here today with uh, Representative John Bear out of Campbell County. John also happens to be the leader. What I don't know, the, what title do they give you over there at the Wyoming Freedom Caucus? I'm the chairman. You're the chairman. That's the word I wanted, and it was just escaping me. <laughs> but anyway, welcome, John. It's good to have you.
1: Thank you, Ken. Appreciate you inviting me to be on the, the Ramble Room.
0: Yes, sir. It's a good place to be. Um, I'm, I'm looking here at an article in Fox News, and it, I've got to say that after you've made the big time, it's kind of nice of you to grace the, the halls of the Ramble Room with your presence. So.
1: <laughs> I'll, ne- I'll never leave the, the people back home.
0: <laughs> we'll hold you to that. We'll hold you to that. So Governor Mark Gordon recently came out in a speech at Harvard. In the first place, what's he doing at Harvard, especially in light of all the things that have gone on there after the, the Israel-Hamas conflict? Um, but nevertheless, he came out and he said some things that, quite frankly, I was completely taken aback. And uh, I want to thank my friend John here for standing up and giving a little pushback. So, John, why don't you kind of give a A little bit of background as far as what's happened in case somebody has missed these news items.
1: Well, we've been uh, putting out word that we were a little bit uh, shocked that he went to Harvard. As you say, there's been a lot of protests there in support of Hamas uh, and against Palestine, and quite a bit of it is anti-Semitic. And so several other governors have had opportunities to speak there, and they've turned them down, and many organizations are, are pushing back on Harvard for not uh, speaking out about what these, these young people are, are saying. And so we were a little bit uh, surprised that he went there. And uh, what he went there for was something very different. It had to do with uh, promoting the state of Wyoming and our energy policy uh, amongst other things were discussed. But when he was there, he said some things that uh, really surprised all of us. And uh, frankly, Um, I think that he needs to come back to Wyoming and explain these things to the people of Wyoming before going out of state and uh, letting us find out about it in a roundabout way.
0: The last time I saw our governor face to face, the thing that he was touting is Wyoming solutions for Wyoming problems. And I see this as a little bit disingenuous that now all of a sudden we're interested in being a part of a global solution. Um, from my perspective I guess a little bit of which is it you know are are we going to take care of our own are we going to provide for the industries you know try to protect the industries that have made Wyoming what it is or are we going to go play semantic games trying to win the favor of people that are never going to like us anyway I just I don't understand the thinking behind what he's done
1: well, let's let's take it on face value that he uh, is going to this uh, anti-fossil fuel crowd and trying to convince them that Wyoming has a new way of addressing uh, the the carbon issues in our atmosphere. Which I say that with quotation marks because I don't believe we have uh, carbon issues in our atmosphere. But uh, let's let's say that we do, and uh, he wants to address those issues in a way that allows us to continue burning and using fossil fuels. Well, he's now saying that the state of Wyoming needs to be carbon negative. Well, that needs to be explained to the people of Wyoming. What is that going to mean to the people back home? And uh, my take on the issue is much like what you just described. There's There's a worldwide economic issue with doing that, especially if you tie the hands of the Americans uh, saying that we have to be carbon neutral or carbon negative, And at the same time, places like China, who we're competing with economically and may someday be competing on a different level, um, you know, you're, you're allowing them to run all the way to the bank laughing at us as we tie our own hands behind our backs.
0: That's pretty much the way I see it. He, <clears throat> he used that expression, carbon negative. And it was a new, new expression to me. Could you? You said it needed to be explained. Are you able to explain it at this point? What he meant?
1: Well, I've had uh, heard a couple of interviews since uh, this all broke this week and uh, or last week. And no, I really haven't gotten a good explanation. Other than I believe uh, his new idea of direct air capture, he believes is going to reduce the CO2 in the atmosphere uh, to the point where we can continue to burn fossil fuels. The problem with that is that, you know, 48% of America's power is generated by Powder River Basin coal being burned. And that's a lot of coal that's leaving our state. Um, There's also coal uh, being burned here in the state. There's also a lot of oil and gas that's uh, being uh, extracted. And it looks to me like you're going to end up Making uh, our atmosphere to where we can't have trees and grass in the state of Wyoming,
0: yeah. yeah, that I remember junior high school they showed you the little chart there where the the trees breathe in the carbon and they put out the oxygen and the animals breathe that in and and you know the little carbon cycle that makes sense, and that's how the world works, and we start messing with that. I'm not sure that we're wise enough uh, to play that game, so I'm looking at it. At an article here, and this whole premise of climate change used to be global warming. And it's funny because when I was in school, and we were all worried about the next ice age. If we don't change everything we're doing, we're all going to freeze to death within 20 years. That didn't happen, so they had to come up with another one. But there is this assumption on the part of this governor that this is completely settled science. And I know I'm probably going to end up being labeled as a climate denier, and I'm not going to deny that there is a climate, and that climate (laughs) changes. I just read a couple of articles where they were talking about the topography underneath Antarctica, and they could see where rivers used to flow. And to be able to look at this and think that somehow the last... 100 years is the absolute perfect time for the globe in all of eras, and we have to preserve it, and we have to do everything we can. To me, it's silly. I think the planet is a lot bigger than that and a lot more robust. But a couple of comments he said. Um, he said there's there's an urgency to this. He said it's clear that we have a warming climate, It's clear that carbon dioxide is a major contributor to that challenge, and there is an urgency to addressing this issue. Wyoming is the first that has and will be uh, carbon negative. That's basically the the quotes that I wanted to look at. But have you any thoughts on that idea that it's it's clear carbon dioxide is a major contributor to that challenge? Do you agree with that yourself?
1: I do not. I think that that's disputable science. We know that many of the the recording devices have found to be in places where even the the national atmospheric and oceanic uh organization is has declared rules that these uh these temperature gathering devices are too close to things like asphalt and uh air conditioners and things like that that are affecting their their output but even if that were not true Uh, and you could say that we are warming. I do believe it's cyclical. I mean, if you look at the carbon output from Mount St. Helens, uh, we've been told that that's about the volume of of 300 years of American automobiles. So, you know, really the amount of volcanoes that have happened throughout history would tell you that uh, carbon is probably not the issue. When scientists tell you uh, where uh, what, what kinds of, of agents are greenhouse gases? The uh, carbon dioxide shows up at number 30 on the list. But at the top of the list is water vapor. And I don't hear any of these climate uh, enthusiasts uh, talking about getting rid of clouds. And it, it's silly. And so if they were really, truly concerned about the atmosphere and it was based on CO2, then wouldn't you go to China where they're building 210 coal-fired power plants and those power plants are going to burn high sulfur coal, unlike our coal here, uh, which we do know that causes acid rain. Mm-hmm. And uh, wouldn't you, wouldn't you uh, put pressure on China to change their ways when, you know, uh, look at the output on our stacks here in America. They're clear. A little bit of water vapor coming out of them. Mm-hmm. I'll have to tell you a story. Recently, we had uh, a group of people coming here from Georgia, the, the nation, not the state, so just uh, north of Turkey, south of, of Russia. Right. Some people came here wanting to uh, find a home for an alloy manufacturing plant, and we happen to have the natural resources that they need to uh, to create those alloys. And so they were given a tour of one of our power plants and they asked, well, why is it not operating? And the fact was that it was operating at full capacity. The difference is that they had never seen a a coal-fired power plant that didn't put out black smoke. And so that's what you would expect to see when China is creating coal-fired power plants. So if these people are real about it and they're going to, to be serious, then quit Uh, holding Americans to such a high standard if you're not going to hold the rest of the world to that same standard.
0: We go back to that expression, carbon negative. If Wyoming is producing all of this coal and and huge amounts of electricity with that, how do we become carbon negative if we want to keep burning the coal? Can you explain to the folks this concept of carbon capture?
1: Well, I can try, but it, scientifically it hasn't been proven yet. So though I may say that <laughs> it's it pain when, when they actually figure out a way to do it, but they've got uh, these uh, supposedly they'll have these mobile units that they'll put out in the middle of a the field. They will pull air in, uh, scrub the carbon out of the air, and then put the air back out and then they'll take the carbon and sequester that below the earth and uh, supposedly some rock formations that will hold on to it. Now. Uh, we are trying to sequester carbon that comes out of our power plants, and put that below ground as well. Um, but again, not all of the technology is there to make that happen yet. So all of this is science that needs to be completed. All of it's being funded by the federal government. None of it is being funded by, um, you know, the private sector. And the reality is, is, is uh, it's driving the price of our power up to put all these restrictions on the burning of coal we have the cheapest power available here in wyoming based on all of our natural resources and we're facing a 30 percent increase from rocky mountain power right now now they're arguing that it's the price of all kinds of different fuels and i would argue that those fuel prices are going up because of a war on coal
0: there's, there's also another factor in that, and that's called inflation, and one of the predominant drivers of inflation is too much government spending. If they go and they print money, a fiat currency, if, if they go and print that out of thin air and just pump it out there, then nature is going to try to equal that out. So we have this this position where we're, we're trying to appeal to the people that messed it up to fix it. And that's one of the most frustrating things in my mind about this knee-jerk reaction to any societal ill is, well, the government's got to do something about it. Well, the reason we're talking about this is that the government messed it up in the first place. It's a cyclical argument, I, I recognize, but most of the issues that we're trying to fix we're turning to the very people that caused the problem, and that, that needs to stop. We need to wake up. We need to protect Wyoming. We need to protect our industries and our way of life, and say enough is enough.
1: I couldn't agree with you more. I do want to say another thing about the direct air capture method of of trying to take CO two out of the atmosphere. You know, again, there's no private sector uh, effort to do this. This is Uh, all being funded by the federal government which as you say it it leads to inflation but our governor entered into a a, an mou a mutual operating agreement with um or a mutual operating understanding with governor polis in colorado now that should make us all take pause to begin with but uh you know why uh is our executive entering into these agreements without any kind of uh, uh, guidance or approval from the legislature whatsoever? And then why is he now uh, stating that we're gonna be carbon negative without any kind of input or guidance from the legislature? I really am concerned about uh, our executive just taking the state in a certain direction and uh, you know, without any kind of support. I really don't think that he would receive a lot of support from the people of Wyoming, especially from my corner of the state, where we produce such a, a large amount of the, of the uh, resources that create the carbon that he's talking about getting rid of.
0: If there's a good side to this, in my mind, it's that the true colors are beginning to, to come out. He was, at the last election, proclaimed the most popular govern, governor in the United States, I think. Certainly, he was one of the most popular, if you measure it by the vote. And we've talked about this before, about the the average voter in Wyoming especially, very busy, he's he's working his jobs, he recognizes a name, sees the R by the name, just kind of checks the box. But the the more that these people have the opportunity to show their true colors, the more that the voters, the people of Wyoming are waking up and saying, these things just don't add up. And... I I guess when somebody goes out and makes a mistake, and that's what I would call this, these comments by our governor, it begins to add credence to the argument that I've been making for a long time, that we really need to start changing some of the butts in the seats.
1: Couldn't agree with you more. I I really do think it's important that we get the word out. That's why I uh, was excited to get the opportunity to come onto your show and uh, I know that uh, people will listen to this, and hopefully, understand something new about our governor. Maybe it changes the way they look at him, and uh, maybe uh, people enough people call for a change. Uh, maybe even the governor would change his ways.
0: So we've got a few minutes before we have to get out of here. But so I wanted to throw another thing at you. Um, I'm headed to Cheyenne on Wednesday for a two-day committee meeting for the transportation committee. That'll happen on Thursday and Friday. And one of the things on the agenda is, brace yourself, a fuel tax increase. I knew you were going to say that. Wyoming <laughs> has $27.4 billion in, this, in cash. The government was funded was founded to be able to provide certain basic essentials that are more efficiently if we do it collectively i.e roads at a time when they have you know the new craig report just came out and they've got what was it 177 million dollars more than they thought they were going to have even a few 800 877 million dollars i'm just talking about for this year but yeah they've got $800 $800 million up through over the next four years or something. Anyway, it's, it's astounding.
1: Yeah, well, you think about the, the tax go into effect for the next budget. We're getting ready to do a budget and that we're also being told that we're going to receive $877 million more than we anticipated for the next two-year budget. And so as you're looking at ways to fund roads for the next two years – uh, it, it's really crazy to, to tell the people of Wyoming you're going to tax them more.
0: Well, and uh, that's not professional. I was told that I was not professional because I called the tax increase a tax increase because they're going to give you a $20 credit on your re- vehicle registration.
1: So yes, I, I've
0: heard that. Therefore, it's, <laughs> it's neutral. Well, those of us that actually drive uh, a considerable amount understand that, that that's phonier than a $2 bill anyway. Uh,
1: Well, and I've got a lot of complaints from constituents about the price of their registration fees. Oh, yeah. And $20. Especially for
0: older uh, vehicles. I mean, I I drive older vehicles myself, 10, 12, 15 years old, and I'm still paying many hundreds of dollars a year to put a plate on them. But the point that I really want to make is if with all of this money, and Wyoming is phenomenally wealthy— We turn around and say, as Senator Pappas did, well, the reason we're here is we just don't have enough money to take care of our roads. What do we have a government for? If they have this kind of money and it will never be, this is as good as it's going to get and we can't fix our roads now, what happens when things get tough?
1: Well, I I really think that the key here is that uh, there are far too many legislators that are worried about. Uh, you know, the the bureaucracy and the funding of of government than they are about the economy and what our constituents really need government to do on their behalf.
0: Yeah, the proper role of government is one of those things that we talk about often when we're all down in Cheyenne talking about issues. And when you start looking at the proper role of government versus what this government here in the state of Wyoming accomplishes, um, it's Radically different in my mind. At any rate, uh, we've got a couple more minutes here. Uh, give us your parting shots.
1: Well, I, I think that if we're going to uh, if we're going to have a, an executive that's going to lead the state, he needs to be um, really touting the the things that the state uh, needs for him to tout, and that would be that you can't really survive without our coal being burned in the in the power plants around this country. And we need to not be having an executive that states that, or gives in to the other side, that yeah, we we believe that uh, carbon is a nasty thing and we need to get rid of it because that is going to put Wyoming at a huge disadvantage. And it actually puts America to disadvantage. We cannot continue to do that. We've got to start looking at the the, this country and and the real science and say, listen, uh, we're not worried about one degree Celsius, we're worried about our constituents being able to make a living and enjoy uh, low cost electricity so that they can survive, one, but two, thrive. And it's time to start thriving. When we're energy independent, like we were under the Trump administration, this country was doing well And we had peace throughout the earth and uh, those are the kinds of problems that are solved well uh, by just focusing on our economics and not following some silly science that AOC and Al Gore uh, have determined is is going to bring Armageddon down on all of us and I would say that you know what the governor has been Promoting is actually a cap-and-trade, much like Al Gore did several years ago. We know how that looked then, and it looks the same today.
0: Well, John, I thank you for sitting down with us for just a little bit. I look forward to hearing from you again very soon.
1: You bet. Thank you, Ken. All right.
0: Thank you. Bye.